When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to another episode of Courtside Fracker. I'll be your host today. I'm Sai, and today I've got a good starting lineup with me. First and foremost, how's it going, Kay? I'm good, man. How are you? Not too bad, brother. Sleep deprived as per, but we move, we move. Next up, we've got Yaz. How's it going, bro? All good, man. All good. All good. And last but not least, Hot Take Kizzy. How's it going, man? Yo, yo, yo. What are you saying, brother? I'm all well. How are you? Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Same as usual. My team, my team is dope in it, so I mean, I got no complaints. All right, no all complaints. Right. No all complaints. Right. Even though we took it out last night, but okay. as per usual, uh, we'll start off today with the news around the NBA. Uh, we've got a fair bit to get through, so we'll we'll speed through these. Uh, first one: uh, Timberwolves Malik Beasley uh, suspended for twelve games following the incident at the start of the season. I don't want to say too much because uh you know what I, I know we've talked about this say like we're, we're not espn we can go off on this really this guy is is this guy all right to be doing this as an nba player oh man you know, that's not do you know what's here that's not even the worst thing an nba player has done because javaris crittenton's in jail for murder so you know it could there could be a, there's many many things on the list of bad things nba players have done whilst it's stupid it's not the worst Next thing on the list, uh, Jazz Executive VP, so Executive Vice President Dennis Lindsay is under investigation for alleged bigoted comments made towards ex-guard Elijah Millsap uh, in 2015. Uh, so this one is a bit of a sticky one. Obviously, the investigation is still ongoing, uh, so I don't want to say too much just in case he gets exonerated for uh, what has been claimed. Um but it's not the only incident of comments being made around race. Um, Jeremy Lin, who is currently in the G League at the affiliated team to the Golden State Warriors, um, he's also claimed that he's been the victim of racial abuse. Um, again, I'm not going to go too detailed into it. He's obviously released statements saying that he's not going to name and shame. So we'll keep you guys posted on any developments there. Uh, getting into things that are a bit more interesting and debate-worthy. Uh, Kyrie Irving posts a picture of Kobe Bryant as the new NBA logo with the caption, Black Kings built this league. Uh, so I'm going to throw this one over to Kay. Um, my question is, if there were to be a logo change, what era do you think that player should be from and who would you choose? Um, it's weird because I had this debate recently with some friends and at first I was like, nah, what's the point? Because imagine if um, Jordan dies, but at the same time took a step back and it made me realise like this is someone who obviously unfortunately passed before his time and very iconic because obviously you get kids who don't even watch basketball or whatever, throwing stuff in the bin and shouting Kobe. 
And at this point, the NBA still don't acknowledge that it's Jerry West anyway. So for me, if it was any error, and purely because obviously, like I said, the unfortunate circumstances and its impact on the game and so forth, like I don't see a reason with it not being Kobe at this point because it's also a nice story for like the younger generation who didn't watch him. And obviously they'll be like, oh, the NBA logo is Kobe Bryant. They'll acknowledge this and they'll go back and see exactly what he was because this is arguably a top 10, top 15 player of all time, top 10 in scoring. And there's not really, for other players who are those players, unfortunately they are still around. So you can be able to see them and hear them speak every now and then. But obviously he's not here. So you get to see his impact via that. So yeah, I've got no issue with it being Kobe to be fair. So that would be my answer. Fair play. Uh, next up, uh, this 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 one is a bit mental. Um, so Zlatan Ibrahimovic comes out and basically takes aim at Harold King. Um, the comments were were a bit wild. So the quote is, uh, and this is Zlatan's words: "He is phenomenal in what he's doing, but I don't like when people have some kind of status." and they do politics. I play football because I'm the best in playing football. That is the first mistake people do when they become famous and they come in a certain status. Stay out of it. Just do what you're best at because it's it doesn't look good. That's Zlatan Ibrahimovic making comments on LeBron James. Um, Harold, where do you sit with this? Uh, it's, it's basically shut up and dribble part two. Um, I'll let you defend King James. Yeah, so Bron responded quite well right after the Portland win. Um, he came out right after and he was like, yeah, I'm the wrong person to go out. In short, um, this is something similar. Last time came to him a couple of years ago, but something similar happening with him in um, Sweden around a, a racial bias because of his last name not being so normal in his area. So it's a little bit strange to say. Um, yeah, like I said, it's a perfect response. Uh, Skip Bayless calls the um, LeBron James the PR king, and you can see why with his response, the way he matters, country where he battles controversy, he does, does it quite eloquently, does it very, 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 very well. And in all honesty, I've, I, I think it's all complete nonsense from Zlatan. Like the older he's gotten, the more I've realised that he's very, very pretentious, and he's, he's a character I'm, I'm not a big fan of. Um, you've built this platform up yourself. But sports is not is not life, yeah? There's certain things in your life that are way more important. Social justice, equality issues are far more important than playing basketball or playing soccer or football, how, however you refer to it. And by all means, use your platform for things that matter the most to you. That's literally what you should be doing. That's exactly what you should be doing. So, Bron, perfect response. That's exactly how we should be doing. As we grow as courtside fracker, we'll have way more influence. We'll be using our platform to talk about things that matter the most to us. So, yeah, I, I just don't understand the this, this statement, in all honesty. It's come from nowhere. It makes no sense what, to me whatsoever, but it comes from a very privileged position, if I'm being completely honest, man. Uh, also, also, respectfully, we should stop listening to a 37-year-old man who still refers to himself in the third person. Like, I'm not listening to anything you have to say, because, like <laughs> Harold said, perfectly eloquently, like, LeBron, obviously, PR King, has said it perfectly and exactly how it is, and sports is not life. And well and truly, like Harold said as well, like two years ago, you were complaining about racism because your surname is traditionally Bosnian or whatever. So it's almost like the pot calling the kettle black and some people just shouldn't speak. And this is like his second offence in like the space of a couple of weeks. With like yeah, the exactly. stuff. So yeah. we should just stop listening to him, man. 100%. And and just, just to tie that whole piece together, I think one of the things that 
the common misconception and that 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 line of politics and sports don't mix is bullshit. They do mix. A lot of political agendas get funneled through sport. A lot of big name sportsmen who are heralded as legends in their respective field have that thread with politics, whether it's Muhammad Ali, who is actually someone that Zlatan cites as one of his biggest heroes. Uh, the list goes on and on. But, but, but uh, to make it even worse, it's not even politics. Like, it's not, it's it's not racism. 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 It's not about politics, you know it's what I mean? Politics. <laughs> it's just yeah. the, 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 it's, it's, it's man bun's tied up too tight, man. We stopped listening to it, man. <laughs> Like, too many, too many taekwondo kicks to the head, or something like that. <laughs> uh, that's that's all we have for the news. Obviously, we'll be on the timeline as per usual, covering these things as 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 they develop, um, and obviously later on the pod. Let's get into some of the more analytical aspects of of, of the pod. Uh, we'll start today with something that Yaz has been uh, itching to do for a number of weeks, but we've we've not quite managed to get there. Um, why you should care about the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, so anyone that hasn't been watching them, uh, they're, they're having a decent season this year. They're just under 500. Um, they have had Zion Williamson voted in as an all-star for the first time, coming off a year where Brandon Ingram last year was voted an all-star. Uh, Fourth so youngest had... all-star as well. Say that again? Fourth youngest all-star as well. Fourth youngest. I'm, I'm guessing LBJ was... Uh, on that list too. Come on now, come on now, come on. Yeah, that's why you know that. But. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, so Yaz, where, where did you want to start with the New Orleans Pelicans? Well, why we should care? I mean, yeah, just to, just a quick one, because there is a listener who is a Pelicans fan. I didn't know they existed either, but apparently they do. Uh, and that's Babs. And Babs likes to come for my neck every morning on the Twitter. Um, so I just wanted to say, while we were giving up a 24-point lead to the New Orleans Pelicans to lose embarrassingly a couple of games ago, their franchise record, you're welcome. Um, I was still wanting to gas them. So I feel like I'm being a very good sport there. And next time I maybe should, uh, let's not dance on the Celtics grave. Um, the thing is with the Pelicans, right, is they are, whereas last time I did this feature on Charlotte, I was really excited about what they are as a team already. The Pelicans, I'm not really there yet. I still kind of think they're a mess, okay? Which I know is, is a funny way to start off of why you should care. But there is one big reason, literally very big reason why you should care. And his name is Zion Williamson. Before we get into Zion, because I want to just talk on that um, list that Harold mentioned about being the fourth youngest All-Star. The only All-Stars in the history of the NBA before their 21st birthday are LeBron, like was said, Luka Doncic, like I think a lot of people accept he's one of the top talents now. Magic Johnson, Isaiah Thomas, the original, Shaquille O'Neal, Kevin Garnett, Kobe Bryant, Kyrie Irving, and Anthony Davis. Zion Williamson is Zion Williamson is now the 10th on that list. That is a list of elite company. There is no one there that is not either a number one pick, an all-time player, or Luka Doncic and Zion, who are who are two best youngest talents at, at the moment. So that's very, very elite company. And you could have argued it might have even happened last year if he hadn't had to have knee surgery. Before we get on to Zion, the team in themselves are interesting. And this is why you should care because they are, it's, it's an early process for them. If I was to ask you lot who, who had the best offense in the NBA, the usual names might be what? Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Yeah, Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Lakers. Lakers. Yeah, Lakers. You'd have the Bucks. Yeah. All of that. Bucks. 
February, month of February, which coincides with when they've started giving Zion the ball in his hands, out on their own by about two points per 100. Best offense in the NBA for the month of February is the New Orleans Pelicans, which is about 15 games long. So that's not just a little uptake. That is a trend that has come with a complete change in what they're doing. So you look around the team and everyone's kind of had their chat about Lonzo Ball. Lonzo Ball is not really the point guard anymore. They call it point Zion. It's not quite point guard Zion, but he's getting the ball in his hands more than half their team. Um, Him and Ingram have the potential to be as good a two. Everyone talks about Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. For me, with what Zion could become, I think Ingram and Zion are every bit as good a two as Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, personally. And that's a Celtics fan, just because of Zion's ceiling. I think think Ingram kind of middles in between where Brown and Tatum are, personally. But Zion, Zion is a different level. Uh, There was a big thing, again, that went out on the Twitter recently. The Athletic put their, their top prospects. And I think third was Zion. Second was Tatum. First was Doncic. If someone was to turn around and tell me that Zion Williamson was number one, I don't think you can argue to them. If you watched the recent game against Milwaukee where he's going bar for bar, blow for bar. Oh, amazing. MVP. Amazing. He's ridiculous. You can't stop this guy. And it's not just the physical with Zion. It's he's got the handles in that his crossover is really, really quick. You don't know which way he's going to go. And with that sort of strength and speed, how are you going to stop him? He's got great hands in the air where he's catching bad passes, turning them into automatic points. He is smart as well. Like he, he can kick out now. He's reading the floor with the ball in his hands. He's driving, he's kicking like Giannis at his best. He is a really complete player. And if you look at his sort of efficiency, the guy's scoring 20 points a game in the paint sometimes. He's unstoppable. And he's in real superstar status already. Now, that's before you think that the Pelicans have Lonzo, Josh Hart, uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker is a player I like. All of these guys are young core on on cost-controlled deals, right? So they, they could go make a swing for a big trade. They could go and make things happen, and they're not in their final form yet. There's no way Eric Bledsoe is there in two years. Stephen Adams, oh please no, not even a year, not even a year. (laughs) Kyra Lewis Jr. even is a rookie who I I like the look of. They have they have a combination of OKC level picks and Memphis Grizzly level young core with superstar talent. I don't see how you can't see the ceiling for this team as something exciting. They're they're a mess now but they are 100% going places. And that, yeah. Simon, is why you should care. I'm with I'm with Yas. I'm with, I'm with Yas 100% because they look, they're fantastic to watch from the balls in Zion's hands, of course. And also, I think on top of that as well, I don't think in a couple of years, Stan will be the coach either. But that's just my personal opinion. I don't think he's going to be the one to take them over the edge. But that's just me. And not only that, I'd like to give some a little bit of love to and the Pelican train to my young Lonzo Ball. We all know how he was thinking it up. Him and Rich Paul took a, took a gamble on their contracts, of course, because we wanted to see how we play this year and all sorts. And to be fair, he started horribly. He was stinking it up. But I'd like to point out, of course, in his last 10 games, 34 minutes a game, 44% from the field, 42% from three, 85% from the three for a line. He's automatic now. He's actually automatic. He's, listen. Top of the key. He's L money. And they talk about, again, they talk about Steph and his gravity in terms of can shoot from anywhere so it opens the floor. Zion's at the anti-gravity. You have to have three guys on him, which means Lonzo's just open. Lonzo and Ingram could be wide open. And he's tying in with what? Let's see here again. We've got, okay, 3.7 rebounds recently because obviously Zion and Adam eating them up, but um, 6.3 assists as well. And two turnovers for 16.5 points a game in his last 10. Listen, Lonzo is going to get paid. 
<laughs> I mean, you know what? Just just going on the back of what of what Kay and um Kay and Yaz have said, I think the most impressive stat from from what Kay has said about Lonzo is definitely him from the line. I think that's definitely what I'm most impressed by. But on Zion, look, Yaz Yaz touched on Zion. I think there's so much to speak about him. Like he is just one big ball of energy and efficiency. That's what he is. He is of uh, this season. He's he's twenty six seven and three. He's on sixty two percent shooting. And I don't just think he's a sitting. He's a sitting in the restricted area dunking. No 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 no. He jumps up to the glass. He gets his boards. He is fantastic. My I'm I'm, I'm gonna start backwards. I'm gonna do exact same thing Yaz did as I wax lyrical on Zion. He's cons. These are the only things I have. I'm a bit uh, annoying me a little bit about him. First is that he doesn't have a three point shot. He doesn't he, he doesn't really attempt them. He doesn't really go for them. He's gonna need that. He's gonna need to add that to his game oh, as he moves up in his arsenal. Harold on that. Go on. That, I see that as almost another reason why you should care. The guy's not shooting threes and he's scoring thirty points a game this month. That's true. Twenty six a game, I think, this month, and and no one's stopping him. It's not Yanis who's stopping him. It's not any anyone okay, yeah. who's stopping him. So add the three-point shot, you're right, which is he's attempting like one a game, I think, this year. Yeah. Which he, he showed on his debut, he can hit them in small samples anyway. I think yeah. that's another reason to care that he's doing this without threes. He's doing this without being an expert at the free throw line. Yeah. And that goes to our, that goes to our discussion about um, where the game is right now and um, not not just jacking up threes and such. He's, 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 do, he's doing like, like some of the old boys would like. That's the first thing. The second thing is... He, 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 I feel like you he, he, he saw me making my notes yesterday and he was like, you know what, Harold, I hear you. Not enough boards. Like, throughout the season, he's, he's for someone as, as, a, as athletic as him, who, who can jump out, out of the arena, he's, he's only averaging about six rebounds a game. And before yesterday's, um, before yesterday's um, game against San Antonio, he, um, he was averaging about five in, in the last 10 games. But yesterday... Yesterday is exactly why you should care. He he got he dropped 14 boards, eight of them were offensive. And if you watch him, yeah, I promise you, you'll see him go up against guys. Yeah, they'll throw a one man at him, they'll double team him, they'll triple team him. Um, they even throw four man at him, he'll still get his board. They don't matter how big they are, doesn't matter. Honestly, he'll, he'll get whatever he likes. There's comparisons made to him about Shaquille and how dominant he is, but he's, he's nowhere near that big. So a lot of comparisons are more towards Charles Barkley, which I agree with, especially when Ooh. it comes to his shooting. Um, so Charles, yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's two more things, two more things I wanted to say. One that one that Yaz touched on, you see in Zion with the ball in his hands a lot more, and you saw and you saw um how it reaped dividends against against Celtics. So you saw him right at the end of overtime come up with the ball, draw three defenders towards him, dish it out to Ingram. Ingram Ingram gets the, the, the game winning three. And on, on top of that, you see him and Yaz look like go back and forth about the PER rating thing, because I always used to go on about AD in that regard, but he's fifth in he's fifth in PER. And he's surrounded by the likes of Jokic, Embiid, who else is on there? Um, Yanis, Kawhi, great company once again. Like, is is has gone on about Lonzo? Uh, Yaz has got up about Zion. Look, just just for just to watch Zion Williamson ball out and Brandon Ingram, that that duo that they have there, you should be watching the New Orleans Pelicans. That's for sure. And then, lastly, word on them is talk about him getting the offensive boards, and he's only six 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 seven. He, like he physically shouldn't be able to do these things. Like it's actually hilarious. If you sat someone down who doesn't watch basketball, mm. look at it. It's like playing <laughs> tennis with a bowling ball. It, it shouldn't work, but it flies anyway. <laughs> it right? like, yeah. he, his size is unreal. Third heaviest player in the league. I do have long-term That's concerns. I still That's have a problem. concerns about yeah, his. That is a problem. I'm not 100, 100% on how 
whether the game will be able to be as explosive for too, too long. But he's actually skilled. This is the other thing. He's skilled and he's smart. It's not just the physique. It's just that the physical outweighs everything else. And the last word on them is the Pelicans are a good place to jump on now. My thing is they're a mess. They have the worst defensive rating for February. That's what... That's... But it doesn't matter because at the end of the day, you've got a 20-year-old superstar. He's not even 21 for another few months. And he is taking it to every player in the league. Now, if that's not worth sort of jumping on now as a fan and seeing that whole journey progress, I don't know what else you'd be watching the NBA for. To interject and give my my two cents just before we move on to the next bit. Um, So, as as you mentioned, they are almost dead last in terms of defensive rating. Uh, That is something to definitely keep an eye on, especially given the fact that they do have Stan Van Gundy, who is renowned as a defensive coach. Uh, for you guys that maybe are newer to the game, that that is his USP. Um, which takes us into uh, our next segment, funny enough, funnily enough. Uh, so the Chicago Bulls and the New York Knicks uh, are going through a little bit of a upswing, uh, which... Even saying that sounds a little bit generous, considering that they're both hovering around 500. Um, but they're interesting teams to, to take a look at at present. They're both home to uh, two guys that have been voted in as all-star. All-stars in Zach Levine from the Chicago Bulls and Julius Randle from the New York Knicks, um, much to the glee of Obi. Um have we seen the transformation from these teams that we need to potentially put them back into a position where they are deemed as respect, respectable franchises? Or is this just a bit of a non-story because the East is a little bit weak? I think, I think there, no. is that, there is that element. There is the East element. But I think the big thing about these franchises is, especially with Last Dance coming out, uh, which got everyone very excited for the bubble last season, the Jordan Bulls documentary of the 90s. And then the Knicks, as as you may know as a Nets fan, side, the Knicks are who run New York, even being terrible. Like, they, they the, the, the people of New York care more when... They, have Did you see the scenes last night? The Knicks getting yeah. to and then they're spilling yeah. out. Like, New York care about the Knicks more than the Nets, despite what the Nets are doing now. And I don't... I'm not even meaning that as a slight to the Nets. They're a relatively new franchise. Like... The Knicks are a massive market. The Bulls are a massive market. And I think if you look back at the 90s and and the players they had and everything like that, I think people of a certain age really want them and the league really want them slash need them to be relevant considering how big a market they are. Like there was all that thing about our Zion and the Pelicans. Well, he's gone to the Pelicans, which you could argue, you could argue are maybe the, the least invested fan base in the NBA because it's a very football-based place. Um, and it's a relatively new fa- fa- uh, uh, franchise. Compare that to the Knicks and the Bulls. I, I, I prefer the league when franchises like the Knicks and the Bulls are doing well. Um, so I've got a lot to say about both. But before before we delve into it, I just think the league's in a better place when franchises that size are at least in the mix, even in an East, which could look very different in a month. So this is, this is an interesting point, because going into the season, we did our Eastern Conference preview, and I don't think anyone had 
even half an eye on the New York Knicks. So we'll get to them in in a, in a little while. Imagine. On the topic of the Chicago Bulls, like me, me. Yeah, I first, thought you were going to try wrestle that one. Nah, no, the Bulls, the Bulls are still reaping what they sold from the Jerry Krause era. They will never ever prosper again. I'm telling you right now for a fact. Like no matter how good Zach Levine does. Remember they had the period with Derek Rose, Tom Thibodeau. Then he decided to play everyone seventy-five minutes a game, and they all broke down. Well, this, but it, the, now I think you you make a really good point there about the Tibbs era, right? The Bulls haven't seen they've seen the playoffs once uh, in five years since Tibbs left, and that once was the sort of Rondo Wade uh, Butler year that was an experiment and didn't really work. That was that was a disaster. But I, I think they they look they look like this is the first year where there's a genuine rebuild. Since since that Tibbs era, last year and a bit with Jim Boylan was hilarious, hilarious in embarrassing fashion. There were players only mm. meetings. He was treating them like a high school team with the fitness regime and the discipline. Um, clowning, clowning on the sideline, like it was it was embarrassing. I think size right. No one really touched on the Knicks preseason, but I was at least interested in the Bulls on the preseason podcast because they were they were entering some competency coaching wise, and. Uh, and that's that's come to pass, man. Like Billy Donovan, for whatever you want to say about maybe he underachieved with OKC in the playoffs themselves, that guy made the playoffs with teams in the West, okay with talent, but he's bringing a pedigree that the Bulls haven't had maybe since Tibbs. And and they just have a, a interesting young roster. Like obviously you've mentioned Levine, but they kind of re- remind me of like that 2017 Celtics team, like a good Brad Stevens Celtics team where they've got. They've got a veteran in Thad Young who does a lot of nice playmaking, kind of like Horford used to uh, after that, but obviously without the shooting. They've got Levine as sort of the hot hand who can just win them games like Isaiah Thomas used to do. But then they've got, I like I like Kobe White. I don't know what he's really going to yeah. be. I don't think he's a pure, pure, pure point guard like that. Him and Levine is interesting though, because they kind of share who's going to take turns, but he's all right. I really like Patrick it's Williams. I did not realize he was six five. Jesus Christ! Yeah, he doesn't look it. He's 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 doesn't, doesn't look it at all. He looks tiny. And 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 then you got Pat Williams, who I did a courtside focus on video, who I, I like a lot. And they're they're just an interesting young roster. And and a lot of it is sort of drafted homegrown people. They got some good vets as well. Like Temple kind of does his thing. They got Saransky shooting off the bench and does, their their bench is the second ranked bench, or it was the other day in the whole NBA. So like they've got more depth and more buy-in to, to new standards being set than uh, than they've had in years. And when I the reason I say it's kind of like a Brad Stevens offense is uh, not the crap we're serving up now, but a good version is if you actually watch them, I really like their offense. They they play quickly, but they they mix it up. There's a lot of pick and roll with Levine and and White, and they, Levine will shoot you into games, maybe out of some, but into more often than not this year. They've got the high post sort of pick and roll with Thad Young where he gets the ball and starts to play, mate. They find people in the corners really nicely. They're just a good team to watch. And yeah, I don't know how much it will last. Their next few games are tough, right? But I, I've been really, really happy to watch them. They Levine fully deserved his, his all-star place. And My yeah, God. again, like I've, I've always had a soft spot for the Bulls as well. I think that might be being a 90s boy and then the Jordan thing and everything like that. I think we all kind of, like that side of it anyway from a branding point of view but they i want them to do well whether they'll make the play in i don't know because the east is tight but i really want them to do well i think they'll make the play in or if they do make the playoffs i'm talking a, a plucky 4-1 series they might go out to but i don't think there's much for them if they are going to make the playoffs or even the play in it'll be as a as one of the lowest but do seeds. you see do you so. see a positive place to build more than they've had for a long time 
Um, yeah, because they've been a disaster for a long time. And uh, not to be fair, not as bad as the Knicks were because the Knicks have been bad forever, unfortunately. And the only people that really remember how good they were were the early 80s and early 90s people who were teenagers in that era or adults. And obviously, Cyan and Yaz aren't actually that old. So um, <laughs> even though they did watch them. But yeah, for the Bulls, I think, yeah, they're doing... To, from where they were, which was, I mean, in the D-Rose, Butler, Deng era with, with Tibbs, they were one of the top four teams in the East, with obviously Boozer as well. I think they've got a good place to build from, but also even though we clown on the East, like, it's still no joke. So I think they've, they've still got like a really, really long way to go in terms of like being a respectable team. Because remember we were saying at the start of the season how, oh my God, the Hawks can be a team. They should be disappointed if they don't make the playoffs. How are they doing? So... And then we've got the Pacers as well, who are below them. So teams are really catching up. They're not to mention, you've got the boys at the top. Nets, yeah. Sixers, like, Bucks. The main thing on the balls, I would say, is, is what they have gone through is an identity shift. They were a more defensive-focused team last season, and they have basically turned that on the head to become offensive-focused, uh, which can be seen in the fact that they're fifth in pace, uh, eighth in points per game, fourth in field goal percentage and ninth in three-point percentage. So they have really, really put a focus on moving the ball, sharing the ball, shooting the lights out. Um, they do turn the ball over the most in the NBA, which which is a source of concern, but can be attributed to the fact that they are a young team. Um, but they, they do have that dynamism that you would look for in a young team. And hopefully is- that can serve as a building block. For them as well, you mentioned they've got some young pieces. They've got some good vets as well. They they have a lot of trade potential there as well. Um, like a lot of contending teams would take Thad Young at the moment. A lot of teams would talk themselves into Kobe White being a piece for them. I think if they were to see what they want to build around Levine uh, with this kind of new emphasis on, and Pat Williams, new emphasis on, on improved culture and flowing offense and whatever, um, I think... I think they could, I'd like them to maybe try it, be a bit more aggressive in, in the trade market and, and see what they could do. Because there's, there's a few pieces there that I, as a Celtics, are interested in um, that could put a, a contending team just a little bit further than, than they are. Yeah, and I think they'll look a lot better when marketing gets back as well, like properly. Because that's another piece we didn't mention there. So that's a good piece for them to come back. And they've also got young guys. That is, Junior, that is a, good, so. a good piece to, to have at your disposal. Um, moving on from the Chicago Bulls, the New York Knicks. Uh, very, very conversely from the Chicago Bulls, this team is all about defense. Um, they're pretty much one of one of those teams that will just look to stifle you for a whole for a whole game. Uh, they rank number one in a op- in opponents' points per game. Um, Julius Randle. What man? What, what, what can you say about this guy? Leave the Lakers and you prosper, basically. Okay, um, wait, as a wait. Lakers fan, uh, it's okay. just fact. It's okay. just fact. Wait, wait, Leave wait, wait. the Lakers and you prosper. Right. It's okay. okay. It's fine. We're right, not made right. for everyone. That's fine. Okay. Anyway. Anyway. Um. But yeah. So to to, to touch on the Knicks. Yeah. Um. <laughs> case throwing me off. Oh yeah. To touch on the Knicks. What I was gonna say was, look, in the words of Leonardo DiCaprio in um in Wolf of Wall Street. They're not effing leaving. They're not going nowhere. They're staying right where they are. They are, they, as Yaz touched on earlier, they are now tied fourth in the East. They have a plus, they have a, I say plus five, they don't have a plus 500. They have a 500 record in the East. Look, 
this team, yeah, they are doing, they're playing as well as they have for the last, I don't know, how many years. When was the last time they played this one? When they came second in the East? When was that? 2013? I think that was. Look. Seven, they seven, are, years, seven years about the playoffs for the Knicks. Yeah. But this is, honestly, they, this, I can genuinely say for the first time, and all the time I've been watching basketball, is the Knicks actually look like they're heading in the right direction. And there's a, there's a few reasons why. Tibbs has, con- Tibbs has come in, and there's always this, this point made about him, about him running, running players into the ground. Kay said about it earlier, about um, how his players are playing 75 minutes. Just last night in their, in their, in their impressive victory over, um, over the Pacers, I can see here, Nerlens Noel, <laughs> Noel played 41 minutes. Um, Julius Randle played 42 minutes. Look, players are going to play a lot of minutes. Uh, D. Rose, bless him, in his old age, played 38 minutes. Look, players are going to play a lot of minutes. That's just what happens on that system. But look, it's working for them. Um, there's, there's, there's a few reasons on, why. On the Look, minute, they have on the minutes though, Harold. Quick one. I feel like it's the perfect team for those minutes because they've been no. so bad for so long that you're like, no, nah, we're just going to get this right on a night to night basis. Forget the loading or whatever. They ain't got playoff aspirations. They have some respect aspirations. They just want to win as many games as they can Absolutely. so they're not a complete joke. So I think this might be the one situation where the, the Tibbs minute workout routine actually actually works. Yeah, there's, uh, there, is, there is, I've got a big thing to say on the, on the respect part of it. Austin Rivers, he actually wants to be a Nick. He genuinely wants to be a Nick. And that's helping a lot with, with Randall. We had, had guys like Dennis Smith Jr. He used to be a mainstay in this team a couple of years ago. He's now playing in the G League. That shows how far the Knicks have come. You've got D-Rose who's come in and, and, and quickly hasn't, hasn't stepped back. D-Rose even had a good night last night. He, he dropped 17 and 11. You have, uh, you have uh, of course, like like um, like Side touched on, you have you have Julius Randall now, uh, now got called up for the All-Star game. The first, the first second in the league in minutes, by the way. 36.7. Yes, but, but look, hey, look, you can't keep focusing on just the minutes. It is working for them. No, 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 you can't. Because it's because look, long-term, listen, it's not sustainable, especially listen, in this No, but listen to the reasons. No, but look, you're not listening to the reasons what I'm saying. It's not just players playing loads of minutes and then... Just, look, players play a lot of minutes generally, like, for goodness sake. Uh, for, for, the, for, the pace, for the Pacers, look, for the Pacers, McConnell played 47 out of the 48 minutes. They lost. It doesn't matter. Yeah, but look, that's not a regular thing. He he did that yeah. one time. What I'm saying oh, is, for look, Julius Randle has a history of injury problems. Let's let K get his, get his point oh. off quickly. Nah, honestly, um, Randle has a history of injury problems. And I love how well he's playing, obviously, as well. And his game's actually expanded, like, outside of the key, which is probably going to sustain him a bit longer as well, rather than banging down low with everyone. But what I'm saying is, when you have someone, your best player, has been that injury prone in the past a little bit, like you need to like take some take some steps back, and I love the fact they're doing so well on defense. And unfortunately, in history, I'm um, saying with, with teams like that when they're that defensively strong, yeah, I think because they put so much effort in that onto the team, like it can take away from some of their best players long term because the effort on both sides of the floor it can kill you, especially with the pace space error this year. Well, the thing is, though, I, I, I agree with you in that you need to be careful of injuries. I hear that, but. And and if it's you, the Lakers or the Celtics, when we're not in a in a skid like now, Thank and you. Yeah. people are wanting to go deep into the playoffs, that's They're not even asking for that. Right? And, and and then seven minutes less a night, the accrued fatigue that that makes sense. But for me, right, I feel like the Knicks. There's no way the Knicks came into this season and were like playoff push. They were like yeah. cu- cultural reset, right? I think the yeah. even if the Knicks now fall off. And, and finish below 500 and finish 11th, one out of the play-in and da-da-da-da-da. That won't matter because the difference now is when you play the Knicks, 
Whereas last year, the year before, the year before, you played the Knicks and it was a joke. Now when you play the Knicks, they're not the most talented group, but it's going to be a tough ask. It's going to be a graft. They won't let you have anything easy. They won't give up layups. They won't allow the paint. They'll let you shoot threes, but for somehow they're not going in. So I think they must be contesting well, even though it looks like they just kind of let you do it. But they're tough now. You've got, you got players there who are just ready to work. And I think if, if they miss it out and they drop off for the last 15 games because they're tired that will still be a successful season because the cultural reset of shit is the Knicks and we have to actually play well will make the world of difference. So I agree with you if next year they get a few pieces in and he's still doing it, which he probably will because it's tips, then that might be a thing of, okay, this was the guy for a top cultural reset defensively, but not the guy to take you too, too far. I get that bit. But I think for this year, it's just worked really well because it's just meant continuity, people in rhythm um, and, and people... I mean, it's getting the results, and they're not a joke. That is a success for them. Like literally, yeah. That 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 that's, that's li- that was literally what I was going to say. Look, you're you. I think maybe you're comparing you're comparing it to, to teams or franchises that are far further along. And um, one report, his name escapes me, but they're like, don't put your faith in the Knicks. It's like, oh, they're they're not going to go deep in the playoffs. Like they don't. All they want is just from respect. They've been a laughing stock for years. We mock Obi. Every single week he comes on. He, he doesn't want to talk about his Knicks. They, they, have, they want respect and they've got it. They are genuinely a very good team. Look, and as I was saying, look, on Julius Randle, he's the a, he's a first, all, first All-Star since KP. Since, and that was in the 17-18 season, for goodness sake. Look, and and, KP, I think KP pulled out of that game with injury, by the way. Oh, did he? Okay. Yeah. I mean, look, there we go. Look, look, so look, so look, look, let's keep it everything closed. Keep on keeping everything crossed, rather. He'll be the first player to actually play in an all-star game for like a decade, yeah? So look, this is, this is, this is, it's a huge deal. RJ Barrett is looking brilliant, particularly against the Pacers last week. Well, okay, look, well. Listen, I'd say, I'd say he's, He's behind. He's not, he's not terrible. Mate. I'm basing this on his performance last night. If you let me finish, yeah. <laughs> Again, last night he was he was brilliant. But you're right. Like he he's he's got games where he goes off, right? I I, I wouldn't say he's brilliant consistently yet, and he's kind no. of they haven't been closing with him all the time. But he um he's he listen. Last year there was times where he looked like a bust. He's not a bust. He will be an NBA player. Where he grows, I don't really know. But he's not. Yeah, he's not been bad at all. And and. He's just finding his way through a tough league as a second-year guy. Yeah, and look, there's, and I think just even if, even if I just touch on that game yesterday, I think that game is that game yesterday is 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 a is a bigger deal than people are making it out to be. Um, well, I think they're making it out to be a big deal anyway. But but there's there's reason for it because not only not only are they now tied fourth, they've now won, they're now winning. Um, they've now won the season series over the Pacers. Which if it comes down to playing games, this this can be really key. Remember, there's only a seventy-two game season this year. And just to just to end, just to end on like um no a couple of things just to end on like Sly was touching about in their in their defense. Look, Julius Randle was doing it on both ends of the court. Like he managed to keep a man who averages 20, 21 points a night in Demanta Sabonis. I know this; he's in my fantasy team, and I love him to so just fifteen points last night. He is fantastic. And one reporter described the Knicks like this: They said they're not always pretty, but they are always gritty. And I think that is the best way to describe this New York Knicks team. That, that is a good summary. Uh, we will obviously keep our eyes on the Knicks uh, for Obi's sake, bring him back into uh, actually being happy to mention that he is a New York Knickerbocker fan. <laughs> um, moving on from that, our main event, if you will, uh, we do have two Lakers here, which is a rare occurrence because we try to not hear from you guys as much as possible, to be <laughs> honest, especially the shameless guys. Um, 
So the Lakers are, are in a bit of a funny position at the minute, and a lot of it, a lot has been made over their recent uh, losing streak. So prior to the most recent game, um, they were on a four-game losing streak, and they've managed to sort of get back to winning ways against the Portland Trailblazers. Um, it's a bit of an interesting one. I'll, I'll, I'll be I'll be as uh, unbiased as possible. Obviously, Anthony Davis has been out since February 14th. Uh, he went down against the Nuggets in a game that the Lakers ended up losing uh, 122 to 105. And he's not played since. Uh, it crippled my fantasy team. Um, but more than that, it seemed to have crippled the Lakers. Um, what do you guys make of this little run that you guys have been on. Obviously, Dennis Schroeder also set out four of those games that you lost. Um, COVID. Yeah, COVID. Because yes, because because there was someone in his someone in his um his household who had COVID had to set out some games. But look, Kay, look, you can you can go first because if I start on this team, honestly, like I won't stop. So you go. Yes, if you do remember earlier in the season when the Lakers were so called like flowing, I did I did say, well, not all that. It's just that everybody else happens to be worse at this point in time. And we're oh just winning boy. Why, why did I let you go? Yeah, no, 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 hear me out. I also remember is I said, I don't know how much better you are, but I think you're different. And you said, now nah, we're better. I said that, but then I also said after that podcast, if you do remember clearly, <laughs> I did say, I did say, it will just happen to be winning games because we've got LeBron and AD on our team that we I don't look all that happened, and teams hey, will catch up. I think what has happened is you've seen your centers performing. And yeah, <laughs> and so yeah, I said that. So also with the team, yeah, it's shock. Dennis Schroeder comes back, we win games. Our second best defender. So it's not a shock. Like if your good players are missing, you don't win games. Like yeah, I, I don't know what people expect from LeBron. LeBron's not going for forty-five every three nights anymore, or a nice little triple double, or a twenty-three and eight-nine game, whatever. That is not happening because he's 36, 37 years old. He needs people need to get that out of their heads. Even though he's LeBron, best player in the league, so that's gone. AD, our best defender, and arguably like offensive leader, if he's not when the ball's in his hands, he's not playing. So cool. That's fine. We're not going to be playing well when he's not there. Schroeder was a big miss. Obviously, you you've touched on the stars, which is obviously going to be the benchmark of any any championship team. But But Schroeder's the big miss for me. Like he's our best on ball defender for sure. Because he's just a pest, isn't it? He's not better than AD. He's not better than AD. On ball, because on ball, he's, he's not. On, on, on small defender, guard, fine. He's our best He's not guard better defender. than AD. AD is our best yeah, defender he, 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 all round, for but, sure. Oh, and boys, this is, this is something I did, I did wonder, because I watched the games where the losing streak started, and I think Dennis Schroeder's really improved as a defender, and he is good. He's got length to take and quickness to take yeah. on guards. Like, he's, he's a tough, he's a he's tough assignment. Um, he's a tough assignment to get if, if you've got the ball. Uh, yeah. He's on you, right? Um, and then obviously AD will handle the big. So okay, you've you've lost two big um, defensive presences with that. But I feel like part of what made the Lakers so good in the bubble was that any given night everybody would step up, and the depth just really, really stood up. And and that Wesley Matthews is just. I have some questions. This here. is it. Wesley Matthews has come in as a Danny Green replacement. At least Danny Green was was still defending and was shooting. Uh, Caruso was defending at least. Caruso's, Caruso's, I like Caruso, but I, I think maybe people He's respect what him he is. a little bit more now. Now they know yeah. what to expect with Caruso. Mark, Bubble tax. Mark Keith Morris probably isn't going to hit the level we did in some big playoff games last year. Uh, cool. We'll, we'll see how hot he gets. I just feel like there's there's your main guys and then there's your depth. And I think your depth was really good last year. 
Yeah. I, I, my only concern for you would be, I say concern, celebration, would be if that depth was to was to not live up to that standard. Yeah, they look, only live have... up to the standard based off the cushion of AD and LeBron, if I'm being honest. Like, obviously, with like AD there, that same cushion is still there. That same, obviously, supports cast is still there, but they're not stepping up more, if you know what I mean. Like, this is probably just their same old level. They might fall off a bit, but they won't raise it to a complete level where you're like, oh, my God, these guys are doing amazing. This, but you've got the safety net into, of dropping is, the ball into is, AD's hands. You've, you've almost made like-for-like uh, like changes in two areas. So... Um, I say like for like because of the positions, but not so much skill set, which goes back to Yaz's point about being different, not necessarily better. So the first, the first area I want to look at is the bigs. Obviously, you've brought Mark Gasol and Montrez Harrell in for JaVel McGee and Dwight Howard. Harold, which part, which pair of players do you rate higher? Gasol and Trez or McGee and Howard? Um, I, I think this question, I think, I think this comes from a, a very, a very hard, I think it comes from a very, um, a ridiculous place. Um, so I, I really respect you um, <laughs> as a man. Um, but I'm not sure if you're doing this to get like a rile out of me or I don't really, under, I don't really, I'm not really sure. Like I, I'm, I'm not really, I don't really quite understand. I was trying to like, trying to, I can't even speak. You can tell like, I'm really struggling to, I can't even get my words out. I can't believe you asked me this question. Look, if I get started on Mark Gasol, we'll be here all day. That guy, yeah, he's a black hole. He's a glacier. Honestly, he is a big who is supposed to shoot the three. He doesn't even shoot the three. He can barely do that. He's been doing it decently in the last couple of games. Well done. Like against, against Utah Jazz, I had to turn it off. I couldn't keep watching. It was honestly, it was disgraceful to watch. Gobert was having a, a whale of a time. Even your boy DJ. DJ was rolling back, the, rolling back the years. It was like, oh, Gasol. Oh, hello. How you doing? He just glides right by him, walks on by. He is so slow. He plays like he's, he plays like he's walking on sand. He's honestly horrendous. Yeah, yeah let me Harold, just... Harold. People done knew this from the bubble. Yeah, that's what I'm and saying. No, I know, I know, I know. And that's and not the funny thing is that's exactly the same thing about Harold. A lot of what was look, Harold was six man of the year last year, and he was brilliant. Everyone was talking all these great things until he went to the bubble and it was a playoff time, and they realized he's too small and he gets into foul trouble a lot. Nothing has changed. He's still the same person. He can put up decent scores. You saw that in the games that AD and Schroeder have been out. He's averaged about 18 points over those four games. Well done. Fantastic. But you saw like most, like you saw in, in particular in the Washington game, like right at the end, he got into foul trouble. And um, Vogel was like, you know what? I can't, I can't play you. So he put Songa Sol and <laughs> honestly, Conga line, Conga line to the, to the basket for, for any opposition that, that wanted to go by him. He's not good enough, um, Gasol. But Trez, he is what he is. He hasn't changed. Nothing has changed. So that makes me question the thinking. Um, Yas mentioned it uh, earlier, saying about maybe it's a, it's like a clutch favor or something like that as to why Trez is here. Mark, I don't know. Maybe that's like some something linked to his brother Paul. So like, I don't, I don't know. Look, maybe it's that. But a big needs to come in. If I'm being completely yeah. honest with you, a big needs to come in. That's the very I think first. because you know, you, You've got two roster spots now, right? You, you yeah. waved yeah. to have yeah. that flexibility. So I think, you know, and I think with Gasol, he was always, for me, when I looked at the signing, and I've said this a lot, he was always regular season. Regular season. He'll, he'll He's not even that, man. But I, I don't see him being your, in your rotation for too much during the playoffs. He can't. Look, and, yeah. and on, on, on the whole topic of the depth, look. So, so, so there's another area which is really important, and that's, and that's our wing. So we brought in we brought in uh, let me let me get into that because I, I I have a follow-up obviously we'll we'll, we'll summarize your point. You would much prefer to have JaVel McGee 
and oh, white all day, all day, uh, all day. Putting up Shaq Tenafall uh, highlights, but potentially winning you a chip. That that that's a summarize. Uh, on the wing, uh, obviously you lost Rondo, Danny Green, which wasn't really a loss, and Avery Bradley, who unfortunately didn't play in the bubble anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah. To replace him, you brought in Schroeder and Wes Matthews. Yeah. Uh, Hey, if you were to be building a roster, would you pick what you have now or what you had last season? What we had. Really? Hindsight's a, hindsight's a wonderful thing. No. No, why? 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 What because did Rondo Matthews give you in the regular season? Who gives a fuck about the regular season? What? <laughs> about the regular no. season? What did he give what you? What are you going to do? Put it on a t-shirt? Ooh, Western Constraps. And wait, 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 no, no, wait, wait, why, Harold, wait, Harold, why? Harold, what did he give Harold, you? And Harold, 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 if I remember clearly, weren't you the one on, talking on, about think, playoff Rondo? Yeah, do you think you win the playoffs without Rajon Rondo? No, I don't, I don't, but... But I, that's not what I'm saying. That, that's that's not what I'm saying. He's saying, would would I? I'm still taking a Dennis Schroeder this year, though. Oh, oh no, I'm not. What's all, Dennis Schroeder's fine. I'm not saying yeah, Rondo is Schroeder. I'm saying I'm saying that combination instead of this combination because Schroeder on his own is no, fantastic. Not. I I I grew I grew very wary. I grew very wary of watching Danny Green. Honestly, like there was a genuine hate towards him, and I don't I'm hate aware, anyone. I'm aware I said hate. I'm aware there was genuine hate, hate towards that man yeah, because of the way he played basketball. Players. Like it's I didn't like him as a person because of his basketball. Can you imagine that kind of hate I have for a person that couldn't go on for any longer? Look, I'm he had to you, leave. Listen to this. Listen to this. Yeah, we had Rondo. Yeah, cool playoffs, but veteran presence. Whatever. You've got Danny Green. He was like you said. He wasn't shooting well, and I could, I can, I can, I can, I can acquiesce with you. Like yo, I was not enjoying watching him play. It was horrible, but could still defend somewhat. That's what he could do. Then the third player, that's true. The best defender of them all, unfortunately, missed the bubble. Avery Bradley. I know but he's he at Miami now. He wasn't stink. even there though. So, so. But that's not what the point. Missing, I'm, telling, I'm telling you of this combination of people. This combo, this that three is better than the two combination that we have now. Not that any of them are better than Schroeder, because Schroeder is better than all three of them. But I'm how can you, you compare him? How can you better. compare? Look, look, you're, you're giving you're talking about Rondo and he's he's worth in the postseason. But when it but when it comes to Bradley, you're like, no, no let's talk, only talk about regular season. All right, because, that's, that's all you played. I've got a question for you both, and I, and I, this is what this is this was my big thing about the Lakers in preseason, and I think they could still work it out. And if AD comes back healthy, they're still a very very high favorite. But the thing that when everyone was saying, "Oh, repeat, repeat, going again, going again," obviously everyone's high off the win. I get that, but the thing that I was always uncertain about and this is before Brooklyn even got James Harden is you looked around and forget the court forget the the ability of the players and everything like that and just think about what it takes to win series after series after series in a weird environment like the bubble you had JaVel McGee NBA champion Danny Green NBA champion Dwight Howard as some of the most dominant player in the league in his day who's been around and he was desperate to win Rajon Rondo NBA champion but hadn't won for years and one of the smartest players in the league, and it's, it's well documented now that he was basically in the film sessions with Frank Vogel. He was, he was almost like a midway of a coach. And then people like Jared Dudley have been around for a, a long time. I get that they're still there now. Mm-hmm. I think culturally, it was such a veteran-led, business-only, let's-get-this-done team. Whereas now you, you've lost some of them voices. It's not even the players that I think the Lakers have lost now. It's, it's some of the voices. And I get that there's a win, there's a win in culture already now because you've won and Caruso might benefit, Markeith Morris, KCP, all this sort of stuff. But I'll be interested who you target at the buyout or the deadline. 
and whether one of them is for the court and one of them is for off the court. Because I think, do you think that's got anything to do with with may, maybe some of the direction loss or is it all purely once Schroeder and Davis are back, we're done and we're still favourites? No, because like, like yeah, I said, I believe we're different. And like, like I said, hindsight's a wonderful thing. And yeah, in hindsight, like that veteran presence is fantastic because Howard was there with a point to prove. So he wasn't trying to mess up anything, just their veteran presence and trying to be a guidance to the youngers. You've got McGee. That was a nuisance. He was still doing tomfoolery, man. But, but bro, that tomfoolery is necessary. Really? Everyone needs that in a team. Not everyone yeah, okay. needs that one eventually, person. Eventually, eventually he realized. Is no, honestly, not, was it not him in the first game? Bro. Yeah, in the first the game against the Nuggets in the playoffs. Go on, go on, listen, okay. No, you finish, you finish. I'll in, go after you. Listen, listen, let's hear this now. So, you say the Tom Fuller that Howard was providing, yeah, but I'm telling you, every player, every team has that bastard that people just hate. And I promise you that Jokic did not enjoy seeing the rotation for the first game, at least, anyway, the rotation of Javel and Howard purely because they're not there to defend, they're just there to get on your nerves and just rough you up a bit. And that can throw you off regardless. Because if you try and play basketball with Jokic, you're not winning. You're just not winning. So for that, that was useful then. That, obviously, that veteran presence and, and that savvy know-how. So for me, I just think that the personality construction maybe last year was a lot better. And as well, teams have also gotten a bit savvy to it as well. Because even though we've like rotated a bit and changed, and Trez, lovely guy and all that, He's not really a defender. So it's a tricky one for me. But I think, like I said, we're different, but we're not necessarily better. And it, I think as well, it doesn't help that the next best team, which people are calling obviously the Nets, are just running through people at this point in time. Obviously, no injuries, whatever, as much. So when people look at that, like what the Lakers were, and then obviously what the Nets are right now, they're thinking like, yo, are you going to have enough? Or do you even have enough to get out of the West? Because obviously the Clippers are playing well as well and the Jazz are wiping up as well. So I think long term we should be okay because things will come around. But at the same time, I think we're not necessarily a lot better than we were last year. And obviously the surrounding teams have gotten a lot better as well. I'm a bit confused because you've just said this, but your last point has contradicted what you said earlier. You said to Yaz that you were a better team. But look, that's, that's just one point. Um, what? No, 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 that was eight, that was ages ago, and I said hindsight's a wonderful thing. That was pods yeah. ago, and I said we're not better. I said, and I agreed after a while that we were different, having seen more data because this is from like two months ago when I said, Yeah, we're better, but now I'm looking at it and saying we're actually not better. So I've agreed, I'm not shameless enough to deny my agendas, and I can clearly say that we are not better than we were. Okay, all the stuff okay. you're saying, all the stuff you're saying is exactly what people were saying about the Lakers last year. It's exactly the fact that, oh, the Clippers are the best team. They got all this depth. They got all this and that. And then nothing happened for them. People chat shit on, on, on the Lakers name exactly the same way they did last season. This, this, our bigs are not good enough. There's no two ways about it. Absolutely. I'm taking JaVale and I'm taking McGee. However, people didn't see the worth of these two players. JaVale and McGee is the same person, by the way. Sorry, sorry. I'm taking, <laughs> take, take, taking Dwight and McGee. Oh, but look, <laughs> people didn't, I, my, my head is gone. People didn't see the worth of these of these players until it came to playoff time. So I don't like all this revisionism that people are having. Oh, they're suddenly oh so much better. No, not at all. Calm down. That's not the case. Look, we haven't necessarily gotten better, but we haven't gotten worse. So keep that in mind. This blip we're on is the exact same blip we had last season. We lost four games in a row last season with all our players playing. Okay, Just calm that, down. That, that, 
that, you just said these players didn't do well in the regular season and then the playoffs, but you were just getting on to me about what Ronaldo was doing in the regular season. Wait, come again? You just said these the same thing that these players weren't doing at all in the regular season, but when it got to the playoffs, they were the ones that were taking us through that we had this blip. No, I'm saying people were saying the exact same thing you're saying this year about the Lakers, that they were saying last year, but they got to the playoffs and then they started to say that, no, they're quite good pieces. That's what I'm saying. We can reassess But look, Kay. Let me tell you as well, I remember where we come from. Yeah. Okay, but that doesn't mean, that that doesn't matter in this, in this. I'll oh, see where this does. conversation There's is. There's no does. point. Like, you know, you know what I mean? That, that's that's, that's, Harold, such, a, that's Harold, such a low blow. What do you think of the 2000? No, I'm, <laughs> no, I'm not like, saying that. I'm not saying that. But I'm just saying, obviously, people try shit on the Lakers last year. We are comparing was. last year to this year. We're not talking about 2005. Okay, I, don't, so I don't care about 2015. This whole championship uh, mentality it is, is getting chaotic. It is getting it's chaotic. I like the Laker on Laker prime. It's like blood versus crisp, but you're in the same. We're not good enough. And you'll see. I promise you. Okay, so on, on that side, on the Zoom, are you in between Harold and Canyon as well? You and yeah. me? I feel like yeah. we're, we're like holding them back via Zoom. Hold me back, bro. Hold me back. Um, Go on, so what, what are you going to say? So for me, for me, obviously, I do, I do agree with you, Harold. Uh, people were saying the same thing last season, but really the thing that won, won the day for the Lakers was not talent, it was the intangibles, which is yeah. why I would verge on the on the side of agreeing with Kay and Yaz in this regard where you're not better, you're just different. So there is an element where we do have to see how all of these pieces mesh when it really matters. The one and the last point I want to make is Wes Matthews. I was going to say, we have to talk about this guy. We have to talk about Wes Matthews. He's not yes, a glamour name. He's not a yeah. glamour name, but he is a player who... My eye has been on for quite some time. Obviously, during his time in Portland, he was a player who did earn a massive contract when he did eventually move to the Dallas Mavericks. Um, Ever since then, over the last few years, he has literally bounced between every team you can imagine. What do you make of this man in a Lakers jersey? Is it something that you feel can harm or put you towards a championship this year? See, with Wes, I have a bit more time for him. If I'm making the comparison, not obviously positional-wise or players, but making the comparison between him and, and Gasol, I'm looking at him and I'm like, look, I've seen nothing from Gasol. At least I've seen some glimpses from Wes. It's, albeit, granted, it's not enough. It's not enough at all. He's meant to come in. He's meant to be this Ivory Bradley type type P. He's meant to come in and replace Danny Green. He's meant to be this, this 3 and D guy. He doesn't shoot. Number one, he literally doesn't shoot. It takes about two attempts a game. He doesn't shoot the ball. It drives me mad. That's, that's, well, how many is it? How many is it, K? Three. 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 <laughs> takes three attempts a game. Look, anyway. Oh, my God. Okay, look, he takes three attempts a game. That's the first thing. Second of all, he, he's, he's, everyone spins the block on him. Everyone. Everyone puts him in the blender from Kendrick Nunn to Darius Baisley to, to last night from Damian Leonard. <laughs> like, he gets put in the blender by everyone. To? What do you put that down to? Because, you know what? I put it down to focus because I saw him in that, that mini series that we had against OKC play some of the some of the best on ball defense that I've seen. Like the same praise we're giving to uh um we're giving to uh, Ben Simmons in the group um for his fast fantastic on ball defending. He had that exact same down the stretch against OKC and saw basically was the reason why we won that won that game. Vogel described him as phenomenal. In other games, he seems just 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 it's just a head loss. 
It's like a proper bonehead moment. He does it off the ball. He just loses his defender. They just honestly Congo line past Mark Gasol to, 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 to the basket. It's just focus for me because he clearly has the skill to do it. But unfortunately, I haven't. I just haven't seen it enough. But that's the only thing I can put it down to. Now, if we're talking about replacements, obviously there's been likes of Trevor Ariza being being linked as well. Look, please no. I for for me for Wes, no, I've got really I've got a bit that more. veteran uh, personality. Yeah, for real, for real. Oh, yeah, yeah. I hate <laughs> that. Do you know what? Look, I've with with Wes, I've got a bit more time for him. Whether whether um whether Bus and Palinka do, I don't know. I don't know. But I've seen glimpses, but the, by all means, it has not been enough, and he has not been good enough. I miss Avery Bradley very badly. Ah, you see what I did there? Badly, badly. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, no. they call uh, Wes Matthews uh, Iron Man, but I feel like no. his addition has made your chances go down like a lead balloon. Agree. So, Agree. He's not good. So, yeah. He defends um, Trent Alexander-Arnold does, oh, yeah. and I don't want to hear anything about Ariza coming back. Please no. Right, so last last little word on this Lakers thing is we're nearly at the midway point and we've clearly got. I think the Nets have scared people with the, you know the exciting stuff and da 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 da. We'll see what it looks like in a playoff setting when you know people are scheming for three players and they just let t- Luau Cabarro get where he wants to get. Um, do you lot? Let's okay. I want to know. Are you? Let's say everyone's healthy and everyone's on form. Answer that one, whether you think your favourites, second favourites, third favourites. Let's say AD isn't right. Everyone else is cool, but AD's not quite right. He plays, but he's not right. And he looks like the, the tendon issue is still uh, bothering him slightly. How, how much does his health, still playing, but not perfect, change where you stand? Do you still see yourself as second or third favourites with or without him? Or do you no. sit up as favourites with and third or fourth without? Where are you both at? As no as AD, no party. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, hundred percent. No 100%. AD, no party. Yeah, but then let, let's even imagine. Season. Let's let's even imagine that he's fit and 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 we have we have our squad as it is now. Still not good enough right now, in my opinion. I think if you ask me again on was it March the ninth? Is that the trade deadline? I think that 25th, is. If I think, but I don't know for sure. I think it's okay. 20- okay, cool. So ask me again on the trade deadline, then I'll be able to tell you how far we're we're moving right now. Honestly, we, we make out of the West. That's fantastic. But right now, we are just don't look good enough. Our fives just our, we don't have a big. We don't have a competent big. AD hates playing the five. He loves playing the four. We don't. He's we're not competent up enough. Right playing now. the five. The hell? Oh, yeah. Imagine he doesn't awesome. like it. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. But look, like it. it's just it's just the way. You look, he's he didn't like it last year, and he got us the chip. So look, he's he's got he's got a little bit of credit in the bank in it in that respect. Maybe he needs to man up and play the five. Fair enough. Cool. Cool. Fair enough. But right now, we're not, not good enough to win this chip. But ask me again, the deadline, I, I think we bring in a big and I think we bring in another wing defender. Which big is there to bring in, just hypothetically speaking? Uh, Drummond, give me white sides. Um, look, Hell no. I'm not in the boardroom. I don't care. Make it happen, innit? Make it happen. If, it, if it's, there is, there is, there's definitely the, there's definitely the optionality <laughs> around it. So it can definitely be done. Look, you're, you're saying you're not taking white side. Can you, who else are you, you going to bring in? You're going to bring in DeMarcus Cousins. Who are you going to bring no, in? Hell no. Hell no. Who are you bringing in? What's that? What's that? Okay. Okay. Look, you're, you, you're, you're just pessimistic because you're an Arsenal fan and life is really tough for you right now. Look, I actually well, no, have bro, hopes life is tough and aspirations. I have it. hopes and aspirations. Yeah. <laughs> look, you are, that, that, you, that you, you, you've been in the gutter for too long, mate. You are a no, pessimist yeah, exactly. in every like, respect. Like you said, I've been here for too long. I understand you, what the Lakers have been for so long. These you literally last just won a chip. Get out of the sunken yeah. place. You just won a chip. Cheer wow. up. I had to mute Harold. Bro, bro. Harold. No, you can't rest on your laurels. But look what happens. When you rest on your laurels, you end up like Liverpool. So that's what happens. So 
The good news, though, boys, I just checked the free agency and you could get uh, Drummond, Zeller, Robin Lopez, or JaVel McGee, eh? How good would that be? Coming back. And Dwight Howard, he's available as well, boys. Bring a band band back. You make me me sick. Um, And with that said, so uh, to summarise, it seems as though the only way for these guys to win a chip is to assemble all of the Infinity Stones and go back Basically. to last year's squad. Oh, sigh, please. Uh, don't, don't listen to this guy. Infinity Stones. Don't you have, like, three of the best players in the... Hold on. What's we, going on here? We do. This is like the Spider-Man meme. We're both pointing at each other. Like, we've got to assemble the best team possible. Like, what's going we on in, in, over in Brooklyn right now? And I bet on my boys to beat the Lakers. What happened to KD's hamstring? What's happening there? That's, a, that's something of interest. No, it's not even a hamstring. Guys, it's, uh, it's, a calf. it's a calf. It's a calf thing. He wants to get out Scott Make, sure, make sure you follow us on Sunday. At Portside Fracker. Uh, we'll be here on Wednesday with another episode and game breakdowns. Uh, so keep it locked. Uh, thank you all as well who fil- filled out the listener survey. We appreciate the feedback. And we'll make sure that we take into account everything nice and everything constructive that has been said. Um, it's been a pleasure, lads, especially with all of the fracker on the court side. Um, uh-huh. Take care. <laughs> Peace. Sports Social Podcast Network.